Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, I got some tickets to uh, the Starlight Bowl. It's this great little place in Burbank. It's up the hill. Take your own beer. Take your own wine. And there are bands that are getting sort of lame. Like, like I'm going to see a U2 cover band. And that's cool. But the sad thing is there's a band that's been around forever called the uh, Young Dubliners who are opening for them. And I'm thinking, wait a second. That's not really fair that they get to open for a cover band. And I saw a Bon Jovi and Journey doubleheader last year of the cover bands and the, the lead singer from Bon Jovi looked more like Brett Michaels and the Journey lead singer wasn't like the Stephen Tipperi one or the uh, Filipino one it was like this chubby Latino guy but the thing that got me that just threw me off the worst was they had one thing they had groupies which I'm thinking at what point you know in your life do you become a groupie for a cover band and the other thing after the show these guys are selling their albums I'm like if you're gonna sit through well, actually I say albums I always say albums CDs if you're gonna buy a CD of a cover band just go and buy Bon Jovi's greatest hits anyway we have a great show today I met this guy god it must have been six seven or eight years ago and it at uh, the stadium club at the Dodger Stadium and I just remember because I walked up to him and I said, oh, you're on TV? And I, we started yeah. talking and you were talking about your third record. My guest is Kevin Weissman. How you doing, Kevin? Hey, hey. Yeah. yeah good, I, to, good to see you again. No, I, I came <laughs> up to I don't know what game it was. It might have even been a playoff game because I'd gone to the... It may have been when the Cardinals played the Dodgers yeah. and uh, Lima threw that perfect... I mean, that, that complete game. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, and, I do. That got us back into the series and then and then there was the big home run by Matt Stairs that... Uh, crushed our souls and what bothered me about when i went to that game was you know Lima's is throwing this masterpiece i mean it's like his swan song and yeah. fathers are leaving with their kids in like the seventh inning <laughs> and i'm sitting there going it's a playoff game this guy uh, he just he's i have a good story about my father and myself going to the um, kirk gibson game in 88 but go on no but no, it's, it's just scary because it's like this guy has like he's already like 112 pitches and he just said we're not taking you out and i'm sitting there and i grew up as a huge baseball fan you know sure. going to phillies games and man if my mom or dad wanted to take us out of the game i would have been like no well, what's your story about the Gibson game? Well, no, I went to the game in 88. I grew up in L.A., and I'm a huge Dodger fan. And my grandfather was able to procure tickets to the Coliseum in 1958 when the Dodgers moved here. And when they built Chavez Ravine in 60 um, or 63, he had first crack at tickets. So our family always had third row behind the visitor on deck circle. Now it's not third row anymore because they've added so many seats. Frank McCorp, thank you very much. So we're like, you know, eighth row because they added that new block of seats. But back in 1988, we were third row, great seats. When you had season tickets, you had the opportunity to buy two other seats, which were up in the boondocks, in the nosebleeds. So my dad said, we're going to the game. You and your buddy, I was in high school at the time. I was a freshman in high school. You and your buddy are going to go. You're going to sit up in the top. We'll meet you after the game. I'm going, My, you know, his wife and he sitting in the good seats. But my dad always liked to leave early. Always. He would have left early in that game. We were down 2-1, to one, if you remember, going to the bottom of the ninth inning. Gibson's done. He's out. He's not coming in. You know, all of a sudden they see him in the stairwell. He comes in. He hits the home run against Eckersley. And, you know, we go on and win the World Series. It was game one of the last time the Dodgers won the World Series. But I promise you, the only reason I got to see that game, my dad didn't whisk us out of the— <laughs> out of the stadium was because there were no cell phones at the time. There was no way he could contact me right. to tell me we're leaving. Could you imagine? I was sitting up in the in the seats and, you know, in the nosebleeds. Could you imagine as a Dodger fan if you left that game early? I mean, <laughs> it would be like, it would be devastating. Sacrilegious. It's so funny because baseball is But if you look, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but if you look, if you watch that that tape, 
you know, when Gibson hit the home run, you see all the lights in the parking lot of the cars stopping when they hear Scully call. It's the, it's know, amazing. I, I can't believe what I just saw. I, I just, I mean, it's so funny in baseball. That's how you remember. I still remember. God, this was probably in '88 or '89, maybe the same year. The Phillies were playing the Dodgers. I was mm-hmm. doing a comedy show in Fort Lauderdale, right? And the one waitress was a Philly fan. I remember the Dodgers were killing the Phillies. And I still remember after the show we were at this bar, because back east you would get the show on the game if the games on the West Coast. It would start at you know 10 o'clock, so right. the games would go till one or two in the morning. But I still remember that the Phillies came back and scored like 12 runs in the bottom of the of whatever the eighth or ninth or no top of the ninth. And I was still remember Lasorda freaking out. But I still remember that game being at this little bar in Fort Lauderdale because it's when baseball like, that stuff happens. You just remember it. Sure, especially coming back from. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like an amazing thing. <laughs> so, so you're, you're you grew up in LA. Yeah, I did. And you're a big Dodgers fan. I am. Now, when did you decide to get into acting? Were you always act? I, I think you started in like fifth grade. Is that right? Yes, I even younger really. I I, you know, I think I was uh, loved the attention, making my parents laugh when I was a kid. You know, my sister laugh. Um, grew up in LA, in the San Fernando Valley, not far from here. Um, and, uh, you know, my first memory of some sort of reaction from an audience was I was in fourth grade and we did Gilligan's Island and I played the professor. All right. And uh, little was, Russell Johnson. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I just remember having you know, just really great reaction. I remember really enjoying telling, telling the story. And then, you know, when I got into junior high, started doing some productions in junior high, but really high school kind of it kicked in. There was this thing called the... Um, the DTASC, which was the uh, drama competition here in Southern California, where you would do scenes from from plays, group scenes, two-person scenes, monologues in a competition. You would compete against all the other Los Angeles schools. And uh, I did really well in that, and I started to kind of take it more seriously. But I actually, my freshman year in high school, I was on the golf team as well. I was really into golf, but golf and drama were the same time. It was the okay. same sixth period so they said you have to choose and to be completely candid there were cuter girls in the drama there were no girls on the golf team everyone everyone said everyone always says that they go they go yeah we did one play and we looked around and saw uh, especially back then yeah. it's not like now like every guy's act back then a lot of guys didn't act so they no. looked around and go all these hot girls <laughs> and and one guy said you know it was me and like eight other guys and like of the eight other guys Seven were gay, so everyone wanted me, and they said the numbers. They always say it's a numbers game. There's all these hot-looking girls. I did all right. I mean, in terms of just, like, you know, having a lot of female friends. But, uh, yeah, so I got into it more in high school, and then I went to UCLA, uh, and I was uh, um, got my B.A. in um, theater, school of theater, film, and television. Now, the the school of UCLA is a very uh, well-regarded School, right? Yeah. Now, did you have to go through a big audition process for that, or how did that uh, I work? I did, I did, and and um, you know, I'm sure I guess that helped. And you know, it was still the beginning of the school of theater, film, and television. They were integrating the three. It was right at the beginning. Um, but I had a great experience. I met some fantastic people there. Who we started our own theater company, did about 20 productions in and around the LA area, of which I acted in, directed, produced, new plays. You know, lesser-known works by well-known playwrights, just really interesting stuff. And um, that was kind of how I, I got my start. There was no real kind of Internet to get your stuff out there. And um, I had some people come and see the show, agents and casting directors, just coincidentally happened to be there for somebody else and um, ended up 
uh, you know, working with me and, and the other side of my career took off. But at UCLA, it was great. It was really just all about putting up your own work and being creative and writing. And now, when you, when you were at UCLA, yeah. what, what was your what did you think your long-term plan would be? Were you thinking being staged? Because you started production, you were doing the directing. Yeah. Did you think you wanted to be, a, I mean, you're, of course you're in L.A., so there's all TV, and, but did you say, I want to be a stage actor, or did you say, I want to go in different readings, I want to go to movies or TV? Yeah, right? I mean, I didn't really, I was really into the stage, and, you know, it wasn't as in-your-face as it is now in terms of the entertainment industry. It was there, it was ever-present, but remember, social media wasn't around, the Internet wasn't as prevalent, it was just kind of getting started. So, yeah, for me, it was really, I thought, hey, I want to kind of do regional theater. I want to go to New York and do theater. And I wasn't really focused on film and television. There were a few people at school that started to get some work, and it was kind of like, whoa, what's that about? Um, a friend of mine was on the show Sequest. Remember that? Okay, I remember Sequest. <laughs> Roy Scheider. <laughs> and it was a big break for him. We were like, how did you get on Sequest? It was really very exciting. And... Um, so, I mean, as I graduated and started doing shows around L.A., and I definitely thought about, hey, how do I kind of transition and, and start to do some stuff in front of the camera? And so you got out? Well, I started doing commercials first. I, okay. I was able to get a commercial agent. What were some of the commercials you did? <clears throat> I did a Jack in the Box uh, commercial. You know what's funny about Jack in the Box? <laughs> Growing up back east, we don't, we don't have Jack in the Box. Right. And... That's a tragedy. And it sucks because their commercials are so well-written yeah. and just funny. It's that one dude with the head. Yeah, he who's like the copywriter. Like, I heard, I heard yeah, he was a copywriter he for another company, and he left Shire to start his own, and he said, I want to take my... Uh, I'm gonna take my client. That's just one client. So what Jack and about? What was what? Do you remember what the commercial it was? was? A, it was a it was a test product that failed horribly. It was the mushroom Swiss burger. Okay. It was a very <laughs> funny spot. I was. You didn't. I was like this guy, and you just there's a close up on my face, and there's a commercial of the spot, and they name everything that's in it like Swiss cheese. I'm like, oh, mushrooms, yes. Uh, delicious hamburger meat, yes. And then they slowly pan back and says for a limited time only. And I'm like, oh. And they pan back and I'm in jail. Uh. I'm an inmate. It's <laughs> <laughs> an auteur spot. But here's the thing: they tested the sandwich in Sacramento. I believe of all places, and it was a horrible failure. So they never ran the spot. And that's awful. But yeah. I mean, at least you booked it. That was your first commercial. That was book? my first one. Yes. And then I did like the Oregon Lottery. I did something for. Um, I did. Uh, yeah, I did. That was a big one that I did. The Oregon Lottery. I did. Uh, I, I did a, a little spot in a Nike commercial, and that was a big one. And um, but really, I kind of stopped doing commercials once I once I started working in film and television, which was I was really only about twenty five. So. I was very fortunate that I started getting some other work. Well, I saw you were in an episode of Frasier. That was one of my first, that was my first, well, my very first get, get my SAG card was a movie called Cage 2. I'm not sure if you saw Cage 1 <laughs> with Lou Ferrigno. Well, yeah, that's so great. You I think it's all these driver. movies. That's yeah. what I love when my guests come on, because I go through the IMDb, yeah. and it's always funny. Every, and I have a lot of actors, like character actors, who do a lot yeah. of different acting. They always have, so yours, yours is like, you know, cab driver, you know, painter, <laughs> but some are like, you know, uh, like these weirdest names, like spear carrier. Yeah. Four. Or no, just like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, Rocky or just like there's some names and you go, yeah. it's just so funny to see some of the earlier career stuff. Oh, yeah. I didn't, my character didn't even have a name. Yeah. It was just cab driver. 
I, of course, created a backstory and right. gave myself a name. George was so, my character. Was name. it cool? Was it your first? So it was a movie. Well, you must have been very excited because it was very a movie. Excited. Yeah, and I got to do a, a scene in the cab and improvise a little bit. And um, so that was great. And that got me in the union. And, uh, and then, yes, I, I auditioned for Frasier, Jeff Greenberg, who now cast for Modern Family, great guy. And, he was really sweet and, 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 and gave me that job. And I remember uh, John Mahoney and, and Kelsey Grammer were great, John Mahoney especially. And then years later, I worked on this movie called Flipped, this Rob Reiner movie, and that came out in 2011, I think. And he was on it again, and he remembered me. And I was like, you were so nice to me. It was my first job. And he was like, oh, well, you know, I always pay it forward, Kevin. I always pay it forward. Just a sweet, sweet man. So you got that. So now you're starting to get work. So now you're feeling yeah. good. You're like, oh, you had a commercial, <laughs> a but, didn't, bit, yeah. didn't, but you're getting work. And so yeah. and you, are you still doing the, the theater, though, also? Yeah, you're yeah. Still, still to this day, I, I still do theater. But yeah, at the time, yes, we Buffalo Knights, this company that I, that I had started with my friend who now runs the La Mirada Theater uh, for Performing Arts, my friend Brian Kite. We, um, yeah, we're still doing shows, still doing shows. Show, how'd, you, show, how'd you get the name Buffalo Knights? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I, it was, it was. We used to meet secretly late at night, only like at twelve or one o'clock at night. For some reason, that was when we met. Actually, Jack Black was an early, early secret member of our company as well. Jack and I went to UCLA. Uh, a guy by the name of Michael Gorgian, who works all the time. Brian, uh, another actor by the name of Marco Sanchez, who was on Sequest. And great group of guys who have all gone on to to have various, you know, success in various forms of uh, media. But. Uh, we used to meet late at night, and we were also fans of the Flintstones. And you remember they had the Royal Order of uh, Buffalo? Yes. But we would only meet at night. So we were trying to come up with a name. We were like, well, we'd like the Flintstones. Remember they used to meet secretly in the lodge, the Buffalo, and it's night time. So let's call it Buffalo Night. It's not that exciting. But it's story. stuck, though. That's cool, though. <laughs> so you're doing this acting. You're doing this. And then now what's Pauly? Pauly was a TV show with uh, Pauly Shore. Okay. You remember him? The, the Weasel. And uh, fought, it was right after, right after uh, the uh, Al Bundy show. I'm blanking on the name. Married with Children. Yeah, Married with Children. It was like right in that Fox was kind of, you know, hitting their stride, and so they hired Polly to do this show called Polly, which is a sitcom about this man child still living at home, and I played his best friend named Berger, and we did seven episodes aired five i think before it was canceled but it was it was my first regular gig on a tv show right now was it a long process for you to audition because i hear some people say like it's like oh my god we had to go back one two three four and that's what i feel the worst like when they have to audition like five times and it only lasts for like seven episodes you're like wait a second yeah every time i auditioned one show appeared i mean what was it a yeah. big process and how did they find you well i mean i auditioned at that time i had had an agent pretty good agent who had who had seen me in in this play that i did called sophistry by jonathan mark sherman it was a West Coast premiere of this play, and, and Steve Zahn had created the role in New York. Um, great actor, and I did the West Coast, you know, version. We did the West Coast premiere of it, and I played that same role. Very funny role. So got a lot of attention from that. Got this agent and sent me out in, during pilot season, and I met these guys, uh, uh, Stan Zimmerman and James Berg and Pauly, and I hadn't really done that much. And they were like, "We just we we want to take credit for discovering you." That was their whole thing, and. Uh, Paulie and I just hit it off, and, you know, I mean, I, I I think kind of the key to acting is figuring out what the relationship is, and in that case, we were supposed to be a best friend, so I just kind of fabricated a friendship with him right away. Um, we became friends, but when you walk in the room, you want to just kind of, like, right. give the 
inclination of whatever that relationship is. And uh, I think maybe I, to answer your question, maybe I audition like maybe twice with them and then you go and test before the network, first with first what's called studio and then network. So four auditions total. And that's before like all the suits at Fox and you have to perform in this little theater on the, on, on, on the Fox lot, which is definitely intimidating. Now, were you, you must have been very excited getting a series. Now, did you? Totally. I mean, so you And the money there. was great, too. And, and, and I was just like, they're going to pay me for... I, I couldn't believe that, you know, all things considered, it's not that much money now, but it was just like, I couldn't believe that I, you know, coming from the theater and living hand to mouth, it was just shocking to me that somebody would pay me to act that much money. Now, I know it was, it was a very bumming, because you were young, too, when it got canceled. Or were you very... Because I don't know, I would think you'd either... I think when you're, if you're younger, it'd either be really bumming bum you out or it'd be very, you'd be very resilient and go, oh, well, hey, I'm young, I got a series. How did, how yeah, did you- I mean, I think I was just in the game and I kind of, the writing was on the wall. I mean, Paul is a great guy, but I just think the show was, you know, it just maybe wasn't working or whatever. So, I mean, there were some, there were some funny moments, but it, it was what it was. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of in the game now. People knew who I was. I was excited. So I was really kind of getting out there and meeting other other casting people and other producers and yeah the once the ball kind of got rolling i was just really fortunate like i've always just kind of consistently worked which... well i've seen your resume cause you, and it's funny because you're one of those people that goes back and forth from comedy and drama yeah the comedy which is i think it's probably because your theater background i think you have more chops what and at a younger age what did you prefer doing comedy or drama you know drama like when i was in college i did a lot of drama but then for some reason i got i got but you know when you're in college you're you know you're you're performing in Ibsen's Ghosts and you're right. not playing Engstrom who's you know 79 years old I'm not going to get that opportunity as a 25 year old man you can only do that in college um, but we did like other Sam Shepard Oscar Wilde you know uh, European playwrights like just really kind of interesting stuff that you don't really get a chance to do once you're once you're eight, playing age appropriate parts but um, yeah you know I just kind of started to started to get all these comedy jobs you know a lot of my early guest spots were like drew carey and just shoot me and frazier remember all those comedy half hour comedy shows but then i started doing more quirky parts in our shows. so that was kind of like yes dramas but when they needed like a strong character you know what i mean yeah, so i saw what you were and it's like the x-files the pretender i like the pretender i don't know what yeah. happened to that guy that guy like michael weiss i, I don't know does he still act I, i'm not sure I, he was that he was a he was like in a soap opera first and he was, that was show it? was a good show that was a tour de force part for him because he would be able to pretend yeah. to be a different person every week it's great <laughs> and then now you did roswell you had, a, you had a recurring yeah that was david nutter directed that amazing uh, in, uh uh amazing director and um Jason Kadams, who's gone on to have huge success, he created that show. I actually played, the part that I played on Roswell was named Larry Trilling, who I later met was a director and producer on Alias, because Jason was friends with Larry Trilling. Okay. I was like, I played you. <laughs> he was like, yeah, they named me that. That's weird business. But, uh, yeah, that, again, that part was this guy who was obsessed with UFOs, uh, because, you know, the show was right. took place in New Mexico. Um and 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 so it was a very intense kind of comedy comic character in a drama you know uh the pretender thing was very dramatic but um x-files that was a show with will sasso uh, episode with will sasso in season seven and we were these kind of hillbilly guys living in a trailer park who discover a genie and 
It's so funny. The yeah, episode, like so someone... we're kind of quirky characters. Right. I'm always kind of playing a little somebody who's just a little different where they need like a, you know, a strong actor, I guess. You know? So you're doing that. You're, you're jumping on. It's funny because I saw you're also in an episode of Two Girls, a uh, guy, a piece of because Richard Rucola was on my show. Oh, yeah? Turns out he's from the town next to me where I grew up. And I'm like, oh, you're from Marlton. I'm from Cherry Hill. And it's just weird because anytime you, if you grew up in New Jersey, even though Cherry Hill was a big city, when you see someone out here, you're like, oh, that, that's cool. Yeah. You know, that's cool. <laughs> my agent is from Teaneck. Okay, that's that's up there north. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're working. I mean, I see you're constantly working. You're constantly yeah. working. And then you get a chance for when Alias came along. Was that now? Was that role? Story. Was okay. Tell me because I yeah. don't know. Because lately I've been finding people who get like that sort of the quirky character or whatever the, yeah. the thing. It's they're only going to be in like a one or two episodes, and it ends up being they're on forever. Well, that was a, a regular. It was a series regular, okay. but very small in the pilot. Just one scene in the pilot. But how that came about was I was I did Felicity right um, with Greg Grunberg, who ended up being on Alias, and Amanda Foreman, who ended up playing my wife. I played her boyfriend on Felicity. She played my wife on Alias. Amanda and Greg both were friends with J.J. Abrams from childhood. So, I mean, they're great actors, but it doesn't hurt to know. Oh, yeah, of course. That's <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> None of my friends from childhood have done anything in the I know. Mine, mine are like in the insurance business. They're like like lawyers. I'm like, great. What, what, can you help me out? Like, <laughs> Maybe no, the we're lawyer in, can. We're in New Jersey. We can yeah. help you out. Is it divorce? No. It's, oh, I don't know. I have with you guys. You know, I went to my reunion, and it's so funny because all these guys. And I, went, I grew up in a nice area. All of them. I went to my 30-year high school reunion, and they're all like lawyers and doctors. And this, yeah. But they're like... Yeah, man, it's so cool what you do. I'm like, yeah, but like you live in a mansion. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're making, in New Jersey. You're, yeah, you're making a million a year. I said, like, yeah, but you meet people. I go, yeah, but you're making a million a year. <laughs> yeah, meeting people gets old. I know. <laughs> so, so that's all I want to hear about. Alex. I like to drive, uh, you know, an electric car. Uh, what's yeah. that new one? Everyone drives the uh, Uber. No, 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 no oh, the um, the Prius. No, 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 the real, oh, oh, the, the fancy uh, one. Oh, um, I want, I want to get one of those, but they're like a hundred thousand. Yeah, uh, the, I, I can't think. I just, yeah. whenever I see one, I go, is that one of those? In fact, yeah. I they're still... coming out with a more moderately priced one. I understand. Well, are, did you drive fast? Are you a fast driver? I mean, it depends. Because I crack up. I, because I, I live in Burbank, and I was, I was leaving a gym, and it's right on a side street, and at the end of the side street, there's a light, and this guy pulls up and he's waiting for his buddy, brand new Maserati. Okay. Yeah. We know you have a Maserati. Right? We know it's a fast yeah. car. But he has to rev it and rev it and rev it. <laughs> and you're going, okay, now you're just sort of being a jerk. And then he peels out, but uh, he already saw the light was red. So I said, you peeled out for like 300, two seconds. 300 feet. <laughs> and it just it gets me sick. Was it yellow? I, I no, understand I, when people I, get a yellow Maserati. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you see, some of these cars, you go, you're a guy. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, you're, no. you're not a race car driver. If you're a race no. car driver, you can have yellow. I would never get a Maserati. I would get one of, what is this car called? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, I, uh, uh, it doesn't matter. We'll figure it out later. No, I, I gotta we'll look it up it on the internet. You know, but it's 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 all the rage. Um, and it's obviously environmentally conscious choice. But, so I was, while you're looking that up, I was doing Felicity, and I met J.J. Abrams. And uh, he was producing that show. Did, did like, I think four episodes of Felicity. Got a call. Oh, and the thing was, I almost wasn't able to do Felicity. Let me interrupt you. Tesla. The Tesla. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the Tesla. Yeah. I want to get a Tesla because I feel like it's the environmental choice. Right. And everybody's... Although, I was talking to this one guy who's like a car guy who is a car broker, and he's like, oh, yeah, everyone in Hollywood, they have their Tesla, and then they have their... They have their Tesla when they go to events, and then they have their Hummer for the weekend. Right. I'm like, really? <laughs> what the... I, I, I don't get the whole Hummer thing, because especially now, because it's so funny how expensive gas is. I mean... It's so. It's so. I was. I was. Why was I went? Yes, I was somewhere yesterday. I had to go to uh, my friend's uh, 
reception of his mother had passed. Yeah. And we're going in Northridge, but I think where I live in Burbank, like it's near the cheapest gas station. Like regular is like three ninety eight. If you pay with debit, it's cheaper. It's always funny because you put your debit card in and it goes. Yeah. Your prices are lowering and it drops. But out there it was like three ninety one, and that yeah. was great. But son, then like a half a mile is four fifteen. If you had a Hummer, you would cost you like thirty five bucks just to go from. Burbank to Beverly Hills. Yeah, what is the point? I don't understand. And a lot of those new Audis, too, like, I don't know. A friend of mine got an Audi, and he was like, oh, it's terrible gas mileage. I mean, it looks great, but one of the fast, like, race right. car Audis. But um, I know they have the diesel Audi, and those are more But it's in L.A. It's in L.A. Everything takes forever to get somewhere. So you're you're killing all that gas with your air conditioning on and your radio on. It's just true. It's crazy. So anyway, let's get I back to the uh, Tesla. Let's go get it. Let's go to the let's Tesla. Go, yeah, let's go to the, the, the Tesla right down next to Community Chevrolet. There's a little <laughs> Tesla next there? to it. No. Oh. I think there's one in the, but they have them in malls now. They have Tesla dealerships in malls. Really? Yeah, I think there's one out in the in the in Sherman Oaks. I just I couldn't buy a car in a mall. It's like it's like it's buying like a dog at a pet shop, or you know, it's like it just sort of feel like you, you go in. Go to Mrs. Fields. Yeah, you go. You go. Yeah, you go to Mrs. Fields. You get the Wetzel's pretzel, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then you go. Hey, okay, I'll just buy a Tesla. I guess so. I mean, they seem to be doing well. Of what I understand, they're coming out. Like I said, they're coming. You can, there's three different versions, like in terms of uh, how fast the car will go and how long the battery life is, which is I've done the research. So you're, you're, you're actually thinking. I'm looking you're, into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, do, just, do you drive electric now or no? No. Okay. I, I drive a BMW, which is, you know, probably I, not cost efficient. I can't figure out the electric. Like, where do you plug it in? I, I'm well, you get like something that. for your house. Okay. They, I think you can buy it and it's easily, you know, you just put it in your garage and then you plug it in when you get home. And then there are stations all over the city now. They have that in Burbank. Yeah. They have a certain, like, I must pulled into one parking spot and one time I'm like, when did this happen? There's like five of them. The yeah. best spot. It's like there's a handicap spot, a handicap spot, then five of them. I go. Exactly. Man. That's another advantage too. Exactly. Good Perfect. parking. Yeah. Yeah. And like when you, if I drive to San Francisco or whatever, like there's five spots, or no, maybe not five, maybe two spots. There's one like, you know where the Peace Soup Andersons is? Well, you know what's funny? I went to San there's Francisco right the first time I've ever, because I've been over, I've never been to San Francisco. Me and my girlfriend drove up a few weekends ago. It was one of my friend's birthday parties in Alameda, but we went two nights in San Francisco. Yeah. And I had heard of, I've always heard about the uh, pea soup Anderson. Yeah, yeah. And, I drove, and we missed it on the way because she wasn't it's paying attention. Great. Yeah. No, exactly. But I, we, and I was like, I don't want to stop. I, and she yeah. goes, no, I want to stop. And we actually, we got their, their peas and it says it direct, but we still have them in the cabinet. But I said to stop and of course I got her a little magnet because she collects magnets. Yeah. But this thing's like legendary and people say the soup, pea soup's not that good. No. It's like stopping at the uh, the bun boy on the way to Vegas <laughs> with the tallest thermometer in the world. Or back east there used to be when you go down south it was south of the border. And you'd see oh, what's that? It's south of the border is like, as I say, it's like a Denny's with stucco. <laughs> it's like it's got this this theme and you know, but what happens is as soon as it's on the 95, it's in South Carolina. As soon as you get like past like to Virginia you start seeing signs yeah. only 400 miles to south of, and every and as a kid we drove to Florida one time you're going oh my god you want to stop you get there. excited but it's you great keep seeing the thing. Yeah. yeah and then and you get there and you're Don like Draper would be proud exactly and you go this is it it's yeah. like wait it's like a Denny's with stucco it's like they like they have Mexican like the like, Cracker Barrel yeah exactly and you get they sell Mexican <laughs> jumping beans in a little box so you're like oh which is just like I don't even I think they're worms actually I don't know what they are but uh, <laughs> yeah I did uh, I played in a band for a while with Kyle Gass from Tenacious D and uh, we we did the we did the RV tour east coast south so we hit all those spots and Cracker Barrel sounds 
good. You're like the Cracker Barrel. And you see the signs, you're like, that looks delicious. And there's like a, you walk in and it's nicely appointed. There's like a gift shop. But the food's terrible. <laughs> I know. It's like that. And there's a, well, it's sort of like like Bob Evans. Like that same thing. It's like you sit there and, and they all look nice. And then you go in and you eat it and you go, <laughs> This isn't good. And yeah. Cracker Barrel, because we all think of the cheese, because you get the cheese at the store, they have the Cracker Barrel cheese, right. and so you're like, oh, okay, this has to be pretty good. Exactly. And you go in, and it's like, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a Marie Calendars. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, what instrument did you play? I'm a drummer. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. My friend, you'll like this, a quick drummer story. Yeah. My friend plays with uh, Gilby Clark. Oh, yeah, sure. Instrument. But now he was just on a tour with two guys from Cinderella. And nice. uh, they stored. And it's funny because he came over. It's just as you get older. He came over to watch an Eagles game one night. And, you know, back in the day, you think, oh, hanging out with a heavy metal guy. And he texted me, hey, man, preheat the oven to 450. I got this really good dip. My mom gave me a recipe. <laughs> and I said, that's when you know you're over 40. Uh, but I just found out because I'm going to see uh, Alice Cooper, Motley Crue at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, yeah. He's, That'll be a great He's show. in a band called, he plays also for a band called The Raskins. They just got, they're doing a 66, they're doing that tour. So he just went from like, Okay, what am I going to do? I'm moving to Vegas to be with my girlfriend. And he says, now I just So it's going to be the Raskins and then those two yeah. bands? Yeah, 60s. But can you imagine I just, you're sitting there and all of a sudden, hey, hey, here, you're going to go on tour with Motley Crue. And, Alice and, and people love their music. So they're going to get there and they're going to go, yeah. and this is great stuff. But he's As a long drummer. as they show up. Exactly. I, I, have to, I have to get there early now. You've got to get like, there at 6.30 go. at the bowl. Exactly. So, so, allow for traffic. No, that, you, so you, you, you drum, I you do. golf, and you act. That's yeah. a pretty cool combo. That's a cool combo. You don't yeah. hear about that a lot. Well, grew up in Southern California, a lot of lot of time for golfing. <laughs> when did you start drumming? A lot of beautiful. Uh, when I was 12. Okay, so you've much been to my parents sugar in. Yes. Drum set in my my brother was a drummer, and he had, we had it in a den. And we Oh had, like, man, mine at least first, was in my room. Well, then they put it in a basement, but we always got pissed off because our basement would flood. So my, what they did was they folded up a ping pong table so my brother's drums, because he had the Zildjian cymbals and the Ludwig kit. We yeah. couldn't, you couldn't get them there. And I'm like, but I can't play ping pong. And they're like, shut up, there's a pool table. But I remember the drumming, it'd be like, Mom, I'm trying to watch TV. Don't tell me to stop playing. Yeah, I, when I discovered that you could buy these these sound deadening drum pads, then everybody was much more excited. But yeah, I went through a series of bands in high school and it was fun. I mean, in college too, and uh, and then ended up playing in, in Trainwreck. This Kyle, this band with Kyle, and um, I had to kind of stop because I couldn't tour. I just with acting work and stuff, and I. So now I make special appearances, but we all played these characters. Okay. Yeah, we were like these alternate universe guys. I was. Uh, we 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 well. Anyway, I would play this character named Kenny Bob Thornton. No relation to the Academy Award winning actor. Okay. Possible distant cousin. Possible distant. We played like Southern Fried Rock, kind of with a, with an alt twist and comedy. See, that's fun though. Yeah. You, know, you need more. Like there's a, there's that band, the uh, Tulsa Headhunt. I don't know. It's a bunch of. It's Ron Lynch and it's uh, Blaine Capash. Just the comics yeah. and Craig Anton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tulsa Gull Swingers. They do the same thing. Come out with the mask, but they play like rockabilly, but they make it funny. Yeah, and you need to see that. That was kind of our thing. It was a show. Like we had special guests. Um, John Riley came up and 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 played a character. Jack Black came and played a character named uh, Tuffy McFuckleby. I'm probably not supposed to say that on here, yeah. But uh, you know, uh, um, Kyle played a character named Clip Calhoun. Okay. Yeah, it was really fun. And but Kyle's now got another band called um, KGB, the Kyle Gas Band, that I occasionally will hop up and play Footloose. 
you know, See, we, that, we do a badass cover of Footloose. That's good, though. Yeah, it's fun. Let's get back to the Elliot stories. This yeah, always yes. happens. That's why you always digress, because it's like a drummer. It's just cool. That's why This yeah. is why we were talking about the, before the show. I like playing. My drums, by the way, like you, when you were a child, are now in my basement. I have a little oh, music that, studio down in my basement, so I, when friends come over, we... See, I met... My drummers are cool. I actually had Ray... You know who Ray Lazier is? Yeah, I he think plays for Corn now. Oh yeah, sure. He, and he played for great David Lee Roth. These guys have drummers have great stories. And Phil Verone, he's I don't know if he played for uh, he played for Saigon Kick and he's playing with Skid Row and oh, he's yeah. doing like softcore porn. But, oh, but right. they said these <laughs> great stories like being on the road. And it's always like the drummer who's just like <laughs> nuts, you know. But then I'm yeah. meeting these drummers and I'm like, wait a second, that must be drummers for like cover bands because all the drummers I meet are completely normal. Yeah, well, like, it's also you know at some point you either have to go the way of John Bonham or you right, have to right. like wise up. <laughs> and relax in your 40s. <laughs> exactly. I think. You know, like, I just saw an interview with Sebastian Bach, and he's, yeah, totally sober and jogs every day. And it's just weird to see I him, know. like, <laughs> like, yeah, man, I was jogging today, and yeah. it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't drink anymore, but I like to go out. Okay. I mean, I'm happy for him. He's healthy, but it's just but he's weird. A it's a he's weird a rock star. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you <laughs> almost don't want to see. You're like, no. <laughs> You're a rock star. What? Back to Alias. Yeah. Oh, I was doing Felicity. I met JJ, and then I got a, I got a, call from my from my manager but you know i almost it almost all didn't happen because that x-files episode that you that you mentioned was happening at the same time as felicity and i was almost not able to do felicity schedule wise but my manager somehow worked it out the reason why i bring it up is because i was no offense to felicity but i was like well if i have to choose i'll do x-files i was a right. huge fan of x-files you know i mean it was, a, it was a cool show. It was a hip, show. cool yeah. show. Yeah, it was amazing. And it was a great part. And you know who direct, wrote and directed that episode of X-Files was Vince Gilligan. Okay, wow, from Breaking Bad. Went on to create Breaking Bad. And uh, it was his first directing. He had been a writer on X-Files, but this was his first time directing. Great guy. Amazingly talented, obviously. Um, so ended up, my manager worked it out, thankfully, to get on Felicity. Ended up hitting it off with J.J., Got a call, hey, JJ's doing this other show, the spy show. They want you to read for this part. But the, the description of the part was, was a tech guy, heavy set, mid to late 40s. And at the time, I was 29. Mid to late 40s, uh, balding with a ponytail, he fat, heavy set, and a Motley Crue t-shirt. And I was like, I might have a Motley Crue T-shirt somewhere, <laughs> but I don't have. People, you can't see. He's got this. He's got such a full head of hair. It's like it's one of those things that you know. I'm, I'm bald. I'm, I'm fine with that. But it's like you have a good hair. You have like that Hollywood hair. And it's like just for to even sit there and say you couldn't even go for receding. Like if, if, if I was yeah. in an audition, they'd be looking for someone with receding hair, and you walked in, I'd probably punch you because it's yeah. like look at that hair. You can't, you know. Yeah. Well, they could do like a you know special SNL <laughs> bald cap. But I mean, more than just the balding part, it was like, obviously they were going for this, you know, stoner, mid forties guy who, rock and roll tech guy. And I was like, well, I'm none of those things. And I'm 20 years younger than that. Like, I'll just go in and, you know, as you hear from actors all the time, make them come to you, you know, do your own thing and hope for the best. So I went in and it was JJ Abrams and Sarah Kaplan sitting there and JJ and I just kind of, improvised and you know the the scene was pretty underwritten it was just a bunch of technical jargon so i fleshed it out got a call later that day hey you know you don't even have to test for this they want it, it's such a small role for the pilot but it is a series regular they're just going to offer it to you because they're concentrating on the larger roles the jen garner role and victor garber and the 
and 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 Michael Vartan, like you know, the more prominent roles. So I ended up getting this all in one day. It was an amazing story. Like that never happens. And so you just thought it was gonna be a small role. Yeah. Well, I knew it was a regular. But not. But not like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was yes, I was getting compensated as a regular, okay. but I didn't know. Yes, I assumed it was just gonna be a supporting guy who comes in one scene. I was like, all right, whatever, I'll do it. You know, I wasn't able. I, I wasn't in the position to be that choosy at the at the time, and it was. JJ, I mean, he's not who he is today, but he was obviously a brilliant, smart writer, and the pilot was amazing. So, uh, but he said, before we, so you got you get the part, before we do it, let's rehearse. So I remember going to Disney Studios just down the street and meeting Jen Garner, and hey, congratulations. She's like, oh yeah, thanks. I'm really nervous. And uh, because like when you're creating a part, like something could go for five, seasons which that show did coincidentally it went for five seasons or it could not it could go the way of Polly and go for five episodes right. you never know <laughs> such is the business but so you want to kind of make a choice early as to hey if I'm if whatever I do in the pilot I have to do this for the next potentially five seasons so we, we need to figure out what we're going to do here and it's not like I was playing the, the the steely veteran spy which is like kind of okay well I'll just kind of do something very quiet and menacing it's, it's, it's this tech guy could go a million different ways so we we met jen and i met with jj and we rehearsed and tried a bunch of different things and in the end i kind of was like well you know nothing was really working and i said let me just try something and i i basically kind of imitated jj <laughs> i did his speech patterns and his sped up way of talking like this genius who was constantly interrupting himself and who was super charming but a little bit socially awkward not that jj socially awkward i added that in but just kind of imitated his way of speaking and he loved it <laughs> and uh that was kind of the germination of of that character and, and um i guess it became kind of a fan favorite and, and they started to write more stuff for me as the yeah cause that, yeah so you start off and it just started getting people liked it now when you when yeah, you auditioned so. for that and you you got the part when you were involved in it, did you think it would get because it had a very big cult following, and of course it ran for long. Did you think it would have that kind of the show? Well, following, or did you think eh, I don't know how it's going to go? Well, I mean, if you remember at the time, there were not a lot of shows that were. I mean, it came out in two thousand one, right? Right around the time of um, 9-11. Okay. Uh, and in fact, in the second episode, they had written once the pilot got picked up, they had written a big airplane sequence that they had to they had to take out out of respect for what had happened. So it was a while ago, and and at the time there there wasn't a lot. There weren't a lot of shows on the air that that were long-form story. They were kind of standalone episodes, the Law and Orders, right? You know, the, the shows that were. That's and that, that's funny because now they're almost all the long-form stories. They've changed. Back then, it was all episodes. You know, it was, even sitcoms went that way for a while. It's like when you know when we were younger. If you watch a sitcom, you know, All in the Family, one episode done. Then sitcoms started doing it where it was like, except for Seinfeld, because Seinfeld always kept pretty much just the one episode. Yeah thing but a lot of then sitcoms started doing that uh telling a long form story yeah well yeah well jj was really i mean the innovator i would say of that cliffhanger right you know leaving the audience wanting more and remember there was not there wasn't any binge watching at the time <laughs> right yeah that's what you can't you and that is true because you sit there and you go like wait a second you know, and yeah, you go crazy. You're like, wait a second, I want to watch that, and you have to wait another week. Yeah, even when like it was a season finale, you're like, I gotta, 
and at least then, like on network, they would bring it back in September. But now it's like I watch Mad Men. Me too. And, and or Game of Thrones. You got to wait another see, year. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but, I, but like Mad Men, they already have the season done. Yeah. But they stopped it midway, which I thought they could have ended it on the last episode of the season. I think the series could have just ended on that episode. How great was that? Uh, uh, with that song and dance. Yeah, but it could. Yeah. It, right then could have been the end of the series. I would have yeah. walked away. I would have said, fine. But now it's like we have to wait for eight more episodes. Well, what if those eight episodes suck? I, mean, I don't think they will, but it yeah. was such... That would have been the perfect with John Hamm looking at him. Yeah. Right then. Everything the everything tied, yeah. was the best Yes, and everything tied up. Character in history. Everything tied up. Yeah. And now right. it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But, I think, but Matt Weiner is a genius. Oh, yeah, he's a genius. I auditioned for that for the last season for the doctor who lives in the building. Oh, whose wife is hooking up with Yeah, him. yeah. Did they went with, the, but they went with the bald guy. They went with the bald guy. Once again, <laughs> they love the bald. Hollywood but, loves bald. Yeah, but no, but you, you got lucky for the not lucky, but you were your hair made me got you to point part for aliens. Yeah, man, well, let's hope it wasn't just the hair. Nah. But yes, I'm sure it didn't hurt. Uh, yeah, no, I mean it was great meeting Matt Weiner, and I'm such a huge fan of the show. It's always interesting auditioning for something that you're a huge fan of. Like when I auditioned for X Files, I was like. Oh, God, I love the show. And then when I walked on set, I was like, hey, there's Mulder and Scully. You know, right. It was just kind of surreal. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I love you guys. But you have to put that aside and just be like, all right, we're all just peers and working together. But uh, so to answer your question, so, you know, also that was one of the last shows to be shot on, on film, too. Aliens. Okay. I mean, Fringe did it and uh, Breaking Bad was shot on film. Mad Men shot on film. Game of Thrones, I think, is shot on film. Actually, I'm not sure if Game of Thrones might be video. I don't watch it. Right. We have to look that up. But most shows are HD video now, which is, you know, and the, the technology has come a long way and it looks good. And But it was like a, a, a feature. It was like a it was like a 1970s indie feature, like the conversation, you know, with Gene Hackman. Like it had it, that pilot is one of the best. They you know, it's been written about that pilot being one of the best pilots. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. I'm going to go watch the pilot tonight. Rewatch the pilot because I mean, and I'm only in one scene, but like the pilot is phenomenal. I mean, it JJ directed it. It's so good, like long lens, unbelievable action sequences, incredible performance by you know Jennifer, Gar you know the whole cast. So I remember going to the screening of that with with my agent Dan Barron from Teaneck, New Jersey, and uh, we sat there and we watched that. We looked at each other. And we were like, "Holy cow, that was insane! This show is going to be huge." If my only concern was, will they be able to keep up the, the production, just keep all the, the intensity? The intensity, the writing, production values, you know, and they really did. I mean, there was an unbelievable writing staff, all of whom have gone on to do incredible things. Um, Drew Goddard, uh, 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 Alex Kurtzman and Bob Orsi, who are huge now in the feature world. Um, Andre Nemec and Josh Applebaum, huge in the feature world. I mean, these guys, guys have, uh, uh, got David Fury, I mean, guys have gone on to do to do unbelievably well because J.J. knew how to hire smart people. So I, it was just one of those dream situations that who knows if that sort of amalgamation will ever happen again. You know, you never know. But it must be great to say you said they built your role because I was watching on your uh, reel on your website. Yeah. KevinWeissman.com. <laughs> That's right. Um, KevinWeissman.com. You, you, you shoot somebody. Did, you shot somebody. 
That was yes, that was on a show called um, Awake. Okay, now was it? Is that the first time you ever got to handle a gun in a in a scene like in a TV well, show? Well, on Alias, I handled a gun, but I didn't shoot it. No, it was it, like a bumbling, fumbling gun. So that was it. Was that? But when they sit there, is there a lot of like, okay, you have to handle it a certain way? Is there oh yeah. A lot of a lot of like, they give you like a class, like they give you a. Pamphlet, There's a dude on con- set. Okay. That's the guy who's the gun guy. He's an ex police officer. He spent a lot of time at craft service, I noticed. He was, like, eating a lot. I'm like, hey, guy, I got a gun here. Uh, but he came I, over. I with the Cracker Barrel cheese. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, you're getting paid. And he's, like, talking to all the girls. Anyway, he's, like, talking to all the extras. <laughs> but I'm sorry if you're listening. Uh, police officer who worked on a wig. But uh, I call him, like I see him. But he was actually really nice. And he there's a safety meeting. And um, that was a great show with Jason Isaacs uh, that only ran for 13 episodes. But I got to play a baddie on that. That's available on Netflix just didn't take off ratings-wise because it was on NBC two years ago and nobody was really watching NBC at the time, unfortunately, but got incredible reviews and people that watched it were really, really fanatically involved in the story. It was a really fun part. And Jason is an incredible actor. He was in The Patriot, remember? Yeah. He's the bad guy in The Patriot. He's been in a lot of... I mean, he's an amazing actor. But, uh, yeah, so the guy came over and he was like, all right, this is how you hold it. You want to bend your elbows and... You know, you want to just be confident and put your leg out like this because I'm playing a police officer. So they're like, okay. And there's a whole thing where, like, I have to run through the glass. And it's like a whole complicated sequence and quiet on the set. And here we go. And all right, you know, Kevin, you ready? Is everybody ready? It's quiet. I'm ready. I'm like, I'm ready. And I stand there and I'm holding the thing. And he's like, and, the guy, and I hear silence and I hear can't you turn the safety off from the, uh, <laughs> what? You got your finger and you switched the safety. And I also had my finger on the trigger, which you would never have. Right. As a police He's like, get your finger off the trigger. I'm sorry. You're supposed to put your finger like long ways on the yeah. barrel. It's like, and, you're like, I don't know this stuff. I'm an act. I mean, come on. I'm like, a Jew and, and from no, Encino. And no, we don't handle guns. And, and no one's watching him going, hey, man, it's, the, the tr- I don't notice that when they're I just always notice that these cops who are great shots usually always miss. At least you nailed it right away. You, you got the guy. But usually yeah. they shoot. And I'm going, what are they? They shot like six times. And we watched that show gang related. These oh, guys, how is that? It's all right. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't think the story arc's going to go long. I mean, you can only be undercover with the Mexican mafia and then I saw a police station, you know, be a police officer. It can only is run that so Terry, long. Is Terry O'Quinn's in that? Yes. Yeah. It can only run on for so long. Yeah, it can only yeah. run so long. That guy, Terry O'Quinn, by the way, that's like another great actor story. Like, he works everywhere. But he, di- you know, he did, he was kind of like consistently working and then in his 50s got uh, lost and that like all of a sudden he was a huge superstar. I mean, he was always a working actor right. and a great actor, but he was on Alias. He played the um, head of the CIA. Now, when you played, when you were in Alias, People, did people start recognizing you? I mean, did you feel like your life changing a little bit? Because it was, I know, do you probably go to Comic-Con or you probably go to those conventions? I went with Comic-Con with JJ that first year, just JJ and I, to, he asked me if I wanted to come, and that was really fun. And yeah, I just remember when, yeah, when the show first kind of came on the air, and I remember I was at a Ben Folds 5 concert. You know Ben Folds 5? Yeah, I think, I think, is it Ben Folds 5? Are they playing with Elvis Costello or is that Nick Cave? No, Ben's Folds 5 is playing with Elvis so. Costello at the Hollywood Bowl, both in front of a full orchestra. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm a huge fan of both those. Yeah, it's uh, it's in it's uh, in uh, September, like, 5th, because I told my girlfriend we're going to, like, this 80s concert, the Greek. It's the Mitch Yord from Ultravox, who I love. Oh, nice. Uh, Howard Jones. Oh, guy, man. The guy from the Thompson Twins. Oh, yeah. A band I've never heard of, and I'm a huge 80s fan. It's called Whoa. The China Crisis. I've never heard of them. That sounds familiar. And then Katrina. 
from without the waves. So it's just Katrina. Oh man! But I'm thinking what happened to the waves. I don't know. But I'm thinking, <laughs> and I saw that that sad next Saturday, Saturday after that. I saw the Elvis Costello thing, and there's still tickets available. The two nights at the Hollywood Bowl. Wow. That's I'm a good. Be that's out that's of a good town, show. But that is a good. That's a great. Yeah. In front of an orchestra. Wow. Yeah. The L.A. Phil or I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Pretty cool. Well, Ben Folds is like Elvis. I mean, just like an incredible musician and great craftsman, song songsman. Is that a word? Songsman? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Songs. <laughs> we'll make it a word. Songwriter. Yeah, but I was at the El Ray. You know, the El Ray on Wilshire. I went there for the first time. My buddy goes, "We got to go see this band," and I always give him crap. I always mix up the name. They called the band. We were promised jetpacks. Okay. And my buddy don't goes, know them. "We have to go." It's like, all right. Had a fun time. And El Ray's Recently? beautiful. Yeah, about uh, eight months ago. That was your first time at the El Ray? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah but They're the cool legendary. thing is I go to the website, and I'm you know I'm 50. I love the old classic rock. Styx. Yeah. Was Dennis DeYoung from Styx was there, and there was only $5 a ticket because he was taping something. So I said to my girlfriend, do you want to go to Styx? We went. And at every, the El Ray? Yeah. Every seat. I mean, we're sitting there basically it, from, it's like a few hundred feet, and you're watching it, and you're going, Wow. I mean, my, my camera, my sh- pictures I was taking look like great pictures because you're that close, and the Elway is just really cool. Yeah. It's beautiful in there. Sticks was a great band. It is a great band. Yeah, it was so many, school- so many. You don't realize how many hits they have. Every song, you're going, you're going, wow. And then he, he's, he got, you know, Tommy Shaw was the original guitarist, but now in his band, Dennis Young's band, he has a guy that looks just like Tommy Shaw. Oh, yeah. Like You're like, is that Tommy Shaw? And the guy's like, no, no. no. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, about Oh, Comic-Con. I was at the Elway watching Ben Folds, and, I rem- and the show had just come on. So maybe the pilot had aired or two episodes, and I remember this woman came up to me, and she was freaking out about the show and uh, just about the character, my character, and just the show. And I was like, wow, oh, hey, thanks. Oh, yeah, I forgot people actually watch it, not just me and my (laughs) agent. Uh, And, um, yeah, I just remember – I mean, I had been recognized before for other things that I had done, but I just remember, like, the fervor. For that right, because that was they had that 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 crowd, sort of like the Breaking Bad crowd. Like there's yeah. people that are, Small, who watch but it, psycho are crowd, into it. Yeah, like and, like, that, so. and there's been a resurgence. Like I'll get stopped by now, like kids. So I say kids, you know, like twenty year old kids, who are like, hey, I just started watching it on Netflix, and I love it. You know, it, it, so because of because of Netflix, like there's a whole new. I'll get stuff on Twitter. Oh, yeah. um, uh, at Kevin Wiseman on Twitter, by the way. At Kevin Wiseman. That's how I found him, people. Yeah. Uh, all sorts of hilarious anecdotes on Twitter. But, um, yeah, just people saying, hey, I just started watching it, and, and, you know, it's incredible. The guest cast, like, we had an incredible guest cast on that show. Quentin Tarantino, Faye Dunaway, Ethan Hawke. I mean, the list goes on. Just people that were fans of the show that wanted to come on and do one episode. How great is that if you're in a show and these people, I mean, you know you're doing good work. If someone like Tarantino or yeah. Faye Dunaway or even Ethan, Ethan Hawke, they're like, hey, yeah, we like this show. We want to come on. And you guys are like. On a TV show. And you're yeah. sitting there going, yeah, you're, yeah, this is our turf. You know, it's sort of like them coming, like a visiting yeah. team. You're like, you can come on, but don't be trying to pull that star stuff because bottom line <laughs> is we're the cast. Like yeah. You guys are like the, the Jets. The you're just yeah. the guest spot. <laughs> Go eat at that table over there, guest star. Exactly. No, no, I mean, they were all cool. But I remember, I remember Faye Dunaway like, I'm a huge Faye Dunaway. I mean, Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, come right. on. She's a legendary Hollywood actor. Like, they don't make them like that anymore. Right. And she was like, oh, 
uh, I was like, hey, uh, Miss Dunaway, I'm Kevin. She was like, why, of course I know you. She's like, in fact, I did a marshal today. Was my character name on the show? She's like, I did a marshal. Like, I was talking and I stopped myself in the middle of what I was saying and I went on a tangent. I was like, oh, Faye Dunaway did a marshal. See, that's so cool. Yeah. So it was a very, it was an amazing moment for me. I mean, obviously a huge fan. No, but the list goes. I was like, uh, uh, Roger Moore came I mean, on the it's, show. It must be amazing, especially for you know you're an actor, but you're seeing these people just amazing. It's like wow, you know, you gotta act. Across. Like even say when you go to see Mad Men, you gotta put it down when you audition for Mad Men you have to put it down like it's just you know it's an audition but yeah. for this it's like it's the scene but it's still it's like yeah all these people you know yeah. it has to be cool as hell yeah yeah no I mean I mean I've I've worked with incredible people and you, you just have to yeah I mean you just in the end of the day it's like they're just concerned about their work too you know you just have to kind of show up as as peers but it doesn't mean you can't be huge fans of their work you know we have about eight minutes left all right let's See, wrap time's been flying no i want to talk about hello lady oh yeah Stephen merchant and now he's just so funny and how did that come apart after doing alias and and you yeah. look like you had all like awake and all these uh, i saw the your fairly legal episode oh i saw that cause I, right. I saw that one you were the one i know my girlfriend loved that show <laughs> and we no, saw great. it sarah shahi yeah and she's yeah. great on yeah. a person of interest yeah now. yeah she's she's really great but, but uh, actually that was a great show up it was it was really good I show fun, i thought yeah. and that was a good dramatic kind of role for yeah. me which i enjoyed but then all of a sudden there's comedy and and you know you can't get more comedy than <laughs> steven merchant i mean it's like the guy's brilliant yeah and no, he, i auditioned i mean i just you know, classic went in and met him. And did you want to go back to doing comedy, or you say did you did you say you know? I... You know, for me, it's really just about about what the project is. You know, if it's well written and there are quality people attached, then yeah, sure, I'd love to get involved. And and uh, yeah, met went met Stephen, and we kind of same thing. I kind of did with Paulie. You know, to go back to that, it was just kind of like I'm supposed to be his friend who gives him, for lack of better word like guff you know he's right you've seen the show it's like a guy who really messes busts his balls and i think a lot of people probably went in and were maybe a little shy or a little meek or Stephen merchant you know he's this big kind of comedy icon and um you know the office and extras and maybe they stuck to adhere to the script too much but i i kind of knew his style of comedy so when i went in i just kind of went for it and played a very brash character in the audition and kind of just messed with him and i think they like that energy, you know, in contrast to what Steven was doing and maybe what Nate Torrance ended up doing and Kyle Mooney and all these other guys. So auditioned, and, you know, the character's in a wheelchair. Yeah, no, was that written, it was written as a person in a wheelchair. Yeah, but yeah, did yeah, you yeah. know that when you were going in? I did. Okay, so what do you, what do you, do you, do you get a wheelchair? And Yeah, yeah, they brought the, the, guy, the guys, yeah, I ended up testing for the role and we, uh, like, similar to how you test for a show over at HBO, um, and they brought in a wheelchair and I worked with, Stephen with the wheelchair we kind of rehearsed and Stephen was great like usually in a test you just audition with somebody like the casting director reading the lines across from you and all the suits are watching all the executives Stephen got up there and you know it was like a like a little play like we really performed the scene which was great really helpful just to kind of show the interaction of the characters and I worked with the wheelchair and tried to make it as second nature as possible and then when I ended up getting the role I they brought the chair over to my house and I worked with it in the backyard that's cool, no, because I yeah. saw on your reel, it's the one with you, uh, with the two girls, where he, like, throws you out of the car. And yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. you hang out with us. And I remember watching I was a I'm a ladies' man yeah, on the show. You are. So and the, in, the, in the bar, you're doing shots. Yeah. And he keeps buying, Stephen keeps buying shots, buying shots, so buying funny. shots. And it's funny, because he, he's, it's, he's such a sad sack. Like, yeah. you just, you feel bad for him. You're like, at some point, you're like, man, I wish this guy would just get some action. Well, we're doing, we did the, uh, we did the first season, which was eight episodes, and then we just did a, um, an hour and a half special which 
which Steven's character does evolve, and he. Beca- I don't want to kind of spoil anything, but he some of the some of the cringy sad sackness evolves into because he's a nice guy yeah. and he's yeah, yeah, not yeah. he's not a he's a good looking. It's not like he's like this total doofus who can't get any. He's you know he's yeah. got a nice job and all that. Now will that air on Showtime? I mean on HBO? Yes, that'll be on HBO in. I believe September or October. Now, so so did people in wheelchairs? Did you get any mail from people <laughs> who were like, "Oh, it's not a person in a wheelchair"? Did you get any of that static? You know, I people... didn't. I thought perhaps I would, and I was concerned about that. But I, but I think I present a human being. I'm not playing somebody who right. is using his chair for. Um, he's not. There's no self pity. He's a very confident. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a ladies man, he, ladies and man. he's 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 a true ladies man. You're yeah. the you're the ladies man of the show. You know of hello ladies. You're the ladies man, kind of. So I think I think which is so that's why it's funny. I think because it's this guy who right. is and just you're you're just crude. Crude. I mean, I my mother was like, oh my goodness, I can't <laughs> believe some of the things you have to say. I said, mom, I didn't write it. I'm just playing a character, but I commit. You know, that's my thing. It's like I might not look like Josh Harnett. Hearten it, but I will commit with the best of them. Exactly. <laughs> we have a few minutes left. What else is coming up? What do you got? What do you got on the? I'm I'm not. I don't know if I'm supposed to say, but I'm doing this. Uh, I'm doing a movie in Atlanta for four months. A big superhero movie coming up, which I'm really excited about. When do you it's leave? A big Marvel movie. I probably shouldn't have just said that. Um, August. It's funny. You my friend probably deduce it from that. I, I. It's funny. My my friend's a video assist guy. Yeah. And, uh, he was just in. Atlanta because there's no work in LA because yeah. nothing's shot in LA anymore and he just said Atlanta's Atlanta's crazy Atlanta's hot it, it gets humid yeah have you been there before I was asked when I was doing alias I was asked to be the grand marshal of a parade in the summertime and it was unbearably it's crazy the humidity like, like people say like Burbank is you know I grew up back east where the humidity was high but Atlanta's just like yeah let me mount except in the airport they have this soul food restaurant in the airport yes because I used to go when I my girlfriend is out here now, but I was for a year and a half. I was going between here and back east. And before Virgin flew from L.A. to Philly, I had to take uh, whatever it was. I forget the flight there, but I would go to Frontier. Atlanta. Frontier. No, it was some other weird name. Uh, I can't even think what it was called. And you'd have to stop in Atlanta. Yeah, for a few hours, and they had you would get like chicken fried steak <laughs> with uh, with. You ma- sure it wasn't the Cracker Barrel? No, no, this is actually good. I know, but chicken fried steak, macaroni and cheese, and I get like a side of uh, black eyed peas and collard greens, and I just be going, "This is so good." Oh, it was I, good. Okay, but you, but you, I mean, I, I have to wash my sodium intake and stuff like that. But that was right. be- that was before. But that you just sit there going, you probably sit there going, "This is like the the worst meal you can ever have." <laughs> Now, do you have any? Are you gonna be playing in the band soon? Any jump, plan to jump up and gig a little? Well, with Kyle's band, I'll jump up, and then I've got some other friends that we've been experimenting with some, with some. No, no plans for shows out yet, but I mean, you gotta. People yeah. love that. People love live I music. It's, I know. It's well, like I said, I'm, Kyle plays a lot, so I'll probably hop up and play a few songs with them. It's hard for me to commit to anything because, like I said, I'm going to. So for four months, let's say. So that's sort of be, that's gonna be. Different because you're sitting there all of a sudden you're, you're gone for four months. Well, now will you leave the set and come back here at all, or are you just down? Yes, I have kids, so okay. I'll come back and I'm going to fly them out for a little bit during the summer when it's summertime, and I'll uh, yes, I'll come back for long weekends hopefully. Do they like visiting you on set? They haven't really. They're young. They're eight and six, so they haven't done it yet. They've seen a little bit. I did a Disney movie years ago called Space Buddies. They saw that. I was kind of the celebrity in class because they showed it in okay. the, the class. You know, so that was fun. So they know what I do, but I try to just be 
dad. Cool. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. I'm glad we could set this up. Nice and, meeting uh, you, man. Give, uh, give your info. Your My info? My uh, various social media info? Yeah, give your social uh, Twitter is at Kevin Wiseman. Um, KevinWiseman.com. And he's got a very good website. Instagram. We, we, we didn't even get to Instagram, talk about Instagram. Kevin Wiseman. What's we didn't up? even get to talk about your charities, but that's yes, right. I do. Uh, check out dmdfund.org, which is uh, Duchenne Muscular Dystrophy, and Correa LA, which is a great site for um, uh, uh, reading for children in uh, the Los Angeles community, and some other great charities that are on my website. I want to thank you all. So people, uh, so check them out. Also, you can uh, go to my website, CooperTalk.net. It's about know, 265 episodes up there. Also, go to a wow. Stitcher or iTunes. Type in Cooper Talk, one word. You can check out my old episodes there. Uh, if you have an Android tablet or phone, go to the Play Store. It's the uh, type in Cooper Talk. I have an app. All my shows, you can listen to my show right on the uh, smartphone. Also, uh, send me an email, cooper at indie100.com. I'd love to hear from you. Twitter. I tweet a lot. I tweet a lot of jokes. So go follow me at Twitter, at Cooper Talk. And it's a fun time. And I'll be telling you a few weeks, uh, I'm going to have another live Cooper Talk show at Bob's Espresso over in North Hollywood. My guest will be Jordan Brady. That's uh, July 19th. We'll be talking about his new movie, I Am Road Comic. So anyway, follow me on Twitter. I want to hear what you, you can send me the messages. I'll send them back. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, take your vitamins, eat <laughs> your vegetables. You guys have a wonderful weekend and be safe out there. I'll hear you next week.